It's time for JT the Brick. So we are open for business again, everybody. I had a dream that someday we'd have a flagship station with the cooperation of the team and the fans that stream globally. JT the Brick. Are we all on board with that? Because if you're not on board with this, you're going to have to enter a mental asylum. If you're not on board with this, it's going to drive you nuts. Jackpot, baby! And now, here's JT the Brick. Out of the gate, JT, as we wrap up this week on Raider Nation Radio, Friday, brought to you by Golden Entertainment. They own the Stratosphere, Arizona Charlie's 64-plus taverns here in town. The Laughlin Entertainment Center, where there's a lot of big concerts coming up, and we want to tell everybody about that. PT's fuels the monologue, and with the Canelo fight coming up this weekend, our Golden Knights are not in the playoffs, but there's plenty of playoff hockey and a lot of sports baseball out there. Head on out to PT's. Tell them JT sent you, and get all their great deals, including best happy hour in town, 5 to 7 to midnight to 2, and I hope everybody has a great weekend in advance. The breaking news today. The statement by Mark Davis, Dan Ventrelli is no longer with the Raider organization. We will have no further comment at this time. Uh, that's where I stand on this. Uh, Dan Ventrelli, I go back with for two decades. I wish Dan, his wife, his children the best in whatever happens next in their life. Whenever anybody exits the Raiders from an executive to a player or an alumni or someone else gets a job or something changes along the way, you know me if you've been listening to me since 98 well, if you've been listening to me for 98 minutes total, I treat everyone the same. Everybody who treats me well, I wish everybody well. I have no other comment on this as this is a big breaking news story today. Uh, Dan was the president of the Raiders. He is no longer the president of the Raiders. When Mark Davis has more comments on this, Mark Davis, the owner of the team, will speak with the media. But there's a lot of chatter out there in Vegas today. It's the lead story at ESPN.com and you know, I stay in my lane. When they give me information uh, information to put out here, there's just a quick statement from the Raiders, and that's where we are at today. So the Raider news this week is fluid. Obviously, as there's been some executive moves from Jeremy Aguayo now to Dan Ventrelli, and the organization will release more information, and that'll come from Mark Davis when that time is appropriate. Also, cover of the Las Vegas Review-Journal, Today, if you took a look at it, and yesterday, a lot of talk on the Raiders dropping their COVID requirements. Uh, We were buried yesterday. We're a little bit open here in the first hour. I would take phone calls on this because of one issue. I talk about COVID and vaccines when it gets involved in sports. Now this is a sports story, that the Raiders are dropping their COVID requirements. They have decided to do that. The team announced that in an email Uh, Season ticket holders were aware of that. We were too busy to get into it yesterday. But based on, quote, the latest information, we are confident that we can provide the safe environment without the extra precautions of vaccinations and masks. So why is that an important topic? Because there's a lot, I don't know how many, but there's Raider fans that told me they were not going to go to the game if they had to get vaccinated. And I know Raider fans who did not go to games. Because of the vaccination, I'm double boosted. I'm vaccinated from back in the day. It feels like a long time ago. I don't remember when I got my last last jab, but I'm a teammate, unlike Kyrie Irving, and I was all boosted up and ready to go. Has nothing to do with what you do going forward. Just want to bring that out for Raider fans who are on the fence or looking to jump back in here as we take a look at the schedule release that will be announced next week. I'm going to get into that more next hour. I want to do a deep dive on the schedule and the schedule release as 
over the years, some of these games are being leaked more and more. Every team gets to leak their first home game. You know that Amazon Prime is going to have their first game with Kansas City and the Chargers. And I'll give you my opinion on what I think is one of the great schedules that the Raiders have had, most difficult. It's a brutal schedule. It really is difficult. I, I think that's the big reason why Vegas has the Raiders at eight and a half is their total. So if you're betting they win seven games, uh, excuse me, nine games, you win your bet. And that could change. They could move that up to nine and you have to win 10 games. But right now, last I looked at eight and a half, I think a lot of that has to do with the transition of power with the football side of it. But it has everything to do with the schedule. When you have the Niners on the schedule, you have the Rams on the schedule. You're playing Seattle in Seattle, which is really difficult to play them there. They're not a very good team now, but one of the toughest environments to play at. And then you got the 49ers and the Patriots coming into Las Vegas. And you're going to be hearing me bang that drum pretty loud when those tickets are announced because every Patriot fan and every Niner fan will buy your ticket if you put it up on a secondary market. I will not do that. You know I won't do that. If you do that, we live in a judgmental society. We're not going to shame you, but you should be ashamed. You should be ashamed if you sell your Raider ticket to a Patriot fan or a Niner fan. They want all of our tickets. They'll buy every one of them. They'll, for double the price that you even put up there, the Niners and the Patriots will buy your tickets and laugh at you when the tr- transaction goes forward. So I'm just telling you, people... People have a really big issue with how many fans were there, how loud. Well, when they're losing, they're not loud, but they were there. Chicago, Eagles, Washington. Fans are coming. You saw the draft. Fans come. Bruno Mars does a residency here. He doesn't come to you. You come to Bruno Mars. He does a residency here. And it's like everybody, a big celebrity. Everybody wants your tickets for the Raiders because everybody wants to get into that gorgeous stadium and watch football and get treated like a rock star. So, again, I know people that bought tickets as an investment to sell them. I was not one of them. I'm a season ticket holder. Uh, my tickets go to friends and family who sit in my seats, period. That won't always happen at concerts, right? It won't happen at Monster Truck. I didn't sell WWE tickets. I could care less who buys them. But when that schedule release comes out next week, believe me, Niner fans, uh, Niner fans especially, Patriot fans are going to book their hotel and airfare without tickets because they're going to assume you're going to sell tickets to them. Don't do it. Don't do it. I'm going to deal with it on the day of the pregame show. The Raiders have arrived. The Raiders are a 10-win team. The culture with the Raiders inside Allegiant Stadium is great. It's not Oakland. It's not the L.A. Coliseum. But baby steps along the way as it's the hottest ticket in all of sports. It's the hottest ticket in all sports to go to a Raider game. So next week is going to be a heavy dose of that as we lead up to the schedule release, and we're able to get into that. And I'll talk about that next hour. Also next hour, we're going to replay the entire Dave Ziegler interview. Real happy with that interview. Uh, Dave uh, asked us to come in. We sat down with him exclusively for a deep dive. It's about 20, 23 minutes. If you didn't get a chance to hear it when we had it earlier in the week, we'll replay it next hour. And we'll talk about that. And I thought he really gave us a massive treasure trove of information in the interview, which he gave to me, about the way they ran the draft coming off the Devontae Adams trade, which was really cool. So if you missed that, we'll play that next hour. Also, my boxing analyst, Schmidt, is going to join us here at the bottom of the hour with the Canelo fight and how big the Canelo fight is. Whenever Canelo fights around Cinco de Mayo, 
it is a really big deal. And with Canelo and the fight and Vegas and what it means with the Kentucky Derby and this great weather, I mean, it's a big weekend over the years. I've taken my dad to fights. I've been anything that has to do with Cinco de Mayo with Oscar De La Hoya, Canelo Alvarez was always big. And also when Floyd Mayweather would fight a Mexican opponent and I got to go through the list, how many times he did it. That was always fun because it made for a really, really big weekend. And that's where we're going with this. If you want to get in first hour, I'd recommend before the second hour, we're more loaded up. I'm kind of free to the top of the hour other than the Schmitty interview, 702-365-9200. Most Raider fans are still living in the joy of the draft in Vegas and how Las Vegas shined in the Raiders draft class, which is a big deal because everybody has the feeling that the Raiders didn't reach. And that's been the problem with the Raiders over the last couple of years, and we, and we won't know until this draft develops over the next year or two. The last couple of drafts for the Raiders, they've had diamonds in the rough, Max Crosby, Hunter Renfro, other picks, and then they reached for Damon Arnett and Alex Leatherwood, and they reached for whatever reason they wanted to. When going back to Henry Ruggs, I was privy to that whole conversation with the former staff. I know why they wanted Henry Ruggs over Jerry Judy and why they went down that road over C.D. Lamb. They thought that Henry Ruggs would be the Swiss Army knife in the division that Kansas City had with Tyreek Hill. And Henry was developing into a really good receiver until the tragedy that killed Tina Tintor. And I always bring up her name because her name needs to be loud on this flagship. And Henry's no longer in the league and no longer a Raider here. But with all that happening, they reached for Henry Ruggs. And they reached for Arnett. And they reached for Jonathan Abram. And they obviously, I don't think they reached for Josh Jacobs. I think Josh Jacobs was fine with the pick that they had in that. And they reached for Cleland Farrell. Uh, Cle- Cleland Farrell's not even a reach anymore. He's just a player that they missed on. But I was looking at Raiders.com and all the practice photos they have, and Cleland's in the middle of it all. And hopefully he gets an opportunity to come about and really grow into a role and have an opportunity to make the team. When I talked to Dave Ziegler, and we sat down and, and spoke about how he's evaluating this roster and what they were able to do, it really is like a new boss. I don't know about you, but I've had new bosses. I've been really lucky in my career. As from a stockbroker to radio, I've always had great bosses. It's been really cool for me, and I like to mentor people along the way coming up behind me. I've always had a great boss. Andrew Ashwood was my mentor. I wrote my book, The Handoff, about my relationship with him, and he was my boss. He was one of my best friends, and he became my boss. And then I look in radio and some of the individuals, the Raiders, some of the people I've worked for, unbelievable experiences I've, I've had when it comes to that. But when you take a look at the new regime now, which is Dave Ziegler and Josh McDaniels, I think there's probably players. I'm just assuming this. I don't know because I'm not with the players. But some of the players are walking around probably wondering if they're going to be here. Flat out. Are they going to make the team? This is going to be a difficult 53-man roster. There are players who did not get their fifth year picked up on their rookie contract, and I agree with all those decisions. Uh, Josh, Josh Jacobs' number is a big number, a big number, and you can get running backs for much cheaper, and they just brought in two rookie running backs who look to be pretty good and are probably going to make the team. When it comes to Cleve Farrell, he, doesn't, he hasn't played anywhere near his fourth pick overall. Nowhere near it. So his contract, his fifth-year option, shouldn't have been picked up at all. 
And the same with Jonathan Abram. Not because John isn't a good player. He's just not available. He was hurt early in his career a lot. He hasn't played a lot. He's played half the game. So his contract status. So you have those guys on the team showing up for camp. From everything I'm hearing, showing up on time, being at the voluntaries, doing everything. And then you got a bunch of other guys who have been here from the past regime that haven't been cut yet and fit in with the structure that Dave Ziegler sees with them now. And I don't know what that depth chart's going to look like right now with the undrafted free agents that the Raiders were able to sign, including Chase Garbers, the quarterback out of Cal, and some of the other moves that they made. They brought in Darian Butler, a linebacker from Arizona State, Sam Webb, a cornerback out of Missouri Western, a tackle from Utah. So the Raiders are bringing in, and I got to hope, everybody, I think you'll agree with me, I really got to hope that this is going to be another strength of Dave Ziegler is these undrafted free agents. I mean, that's the history of the Raiders and Al Davis. Al Davis made his bones, got his gold jacket. Al Davis, not only on being a great coach and then becoming the owner and being a GM and and everything he did, but Al Davis was brilliant. And not every pick, but a lot of them were late-round draft picks, undrafted free agents, and also players that came to play for the Raiders because Mr. Davis told them a decade in advance or five years on the sideline, true stories, Mr. Davis would go up to the opposing player and say, you're going to be a Raider. And he'd follow up with these guys and bring them in. And some of them had unbelievable legacies. So I'm hoping as we get to know these undrafted free agents, we'll get an idea exactly what's going to happen. Another big storyline today, Pete Carroll says he doesn't see the Seahawks trading for Baker Mayfield. He said a quarterback before the start of the season. Everybody knows this is Baker Mayfield. Organizations aren't allowed to publicly comment on potential interest in players on other teams, but instead whether the Seahawks are interested in adding a veteran quarterback, he commented on this one. I'm fascinated by Baker Mayfield, as I told you. My son goes to Oklahoma. I've watched Baker's career, Kyler Murray's career. And I think that Baker Mayfield, even though everybody doesn't want to pay him this amount of money that he has owed to him, I'd pay it. It's not a lot of money, $18 million compared to quarterbacks making $50 million. And I think at this time, Seattle has Drew Locke and Geno Smith. And part of our discussion next hour on the Raiders' schedule release and what's going to happen. So as all of this is happening here, it's the calm before the storm. Okay, people are looking at their calendars, vacation, time off. Hey, man, Raiders are going to get to camp. A schedule release is coming out. Here, here's what's going to happen. Who are the Raiders going to pick up post-June 1st, which you'll hear Dave Ziegler comment on next hour. And what else needs to be buttoned up on the football field before the coaches get their hands on these players and they don't get a chance to have enough practices because where the league is at at this point. Where the league is at at this point in time, you just don't have enough time. I don't know what Josh McDaniels wants to do in preseason. No idea with the rotation. But typically, these guys don't play preseason games because no one wants to get hurt. But the practices and the intensity of these practices are going to be second nature. They were really hard practices with Gruden because Gruden was a practice lunatic. He wanted practice as much as possible because he didn't get much with them. And he always wanted more time. Hated walkthroughs because he wanted you know more time and pads with the team. I don't know what Josh McDaniels is going to want to do, but Josh McDaniels has learned under the greatest coach of all time in Bill Belichick, period. All due respect to Don Shula, Bill Parcells, Tom Landry, and all of them. Bill Walsh, 
God, the Bill Walsh tree. I was talking about it the other night with the head coach, Marcus Arroyo of UNLV, who kind of comes through that portal of Bill Walsh. No one's going to have a bigger resume than Belichick. And Dave Ziegler and Josh McDaniels comes through the Belichick portal on how they run meetings, on how they evaluate the roster, how much money they allocate to position groups, how hard they practice. But the key is, which we got to hope for Josh McDaniels, is what, what Belichick was a genius at was going from a game. Remember, we're on to Cincinnati. Once that game was over and Belichick's staff prepared for the next opponent, they had a head start over every other coaching staff. Every other one, including the Raiders, their coaches were better because they were led by Bill Belichick. And Belichick, over the decades, starting as defensive coordinator Bill Parcells and the Super Bowls with Lawrence Taylor, Belichick was able to advance scout, something wink-wink that Dave Ziegler did, advance scout, and have the game plan ready for the next game, coming off mostly wins. The Patriots mostly won their games, right? They won those games. And then by Sunday night, Monday, Tuesday, the opponent was buried. Buried in regards to game plan, the opponent was freaking out because Belichick had better people on his staff to prepare for a game plan. And we got to assume that that's what Josh McDaniels is bringing to the Raiders. He's bringing that edge and that ability to do all of that. And I'm fascinated to see what happens here as we get going here. So around the NFL, schedule release is a really big deal. The other story in the NBA is Joel Embiid has been able to clear protocol. Uh, he's looking at he's as he's doubtful. He's doubtful coming up for game three. That's important to Vegas with the gamblers we have here as people are trying to figure out what's going to happen. What's going to happen if you're betting this? And if Joel Embiid can't go, they have no chance. If Joel Embiid can go with his injury, it's just limited of how much he'll be able to play as the NBA is ready to get back out. I think the NBA playoffs have been amazing, even without LeBron James and Kevin Durant. It's not good for business, but uh, coming up here tonight, you have the Heat and the 76ers. Uh, That's Philly's first home game. Uh, Miami leads that two games to none. And then you have the Suns and Mavericks later on tonight in Dallas. And that series is at 2-0. Suns with the commanding lead there. Uh, We didn't get a chance to wrap up the Golden Knights this week. And uh, all I want to say on that is that the Golden Knights not making the playoffs. The playoffs are on now. And with the playoffs being on, I'm sick to my stomach. I am, I am physically sick to my stomach not to see the Golden Knights in the playoffs. I really am. I took it hook, line, and sinker. I believe this was a Stanley Cup-type team. They had the ability to do it, but the injuries got us all off the hook. The injuries, to see Flurry play in another uniform, to see what happened down the stretch. As they played hard. I never doubt the Golden Knights for not playing hard. They play extremely hard even when they lose. They play hard. And that has to do with the coaching and the captain and how they play, but they just underachieved. And now we're coming into a weekend where the Golden Knights would have been coming back home as the lower seed, and we would have been going to a Golden Knight game, or at least I would. And I'd be drinking Cinco de Mayo cervezas, my bucket of Modelo's on a Friday, with my wife and I getting dressed up to go into T-Mobile to bounce around that lunacy bin to watch some Golden Knight hockey, and that was ripped from my soul, right? Ripped from my soul because I love to have that opportunity on a weekend here, and that's not going to happen. So we do wave formally goodbye 
to the Golden Knights today because we've been buried with post-draft coverage. And if you have any other comments on this, uh, you should probably tweet me as Bobby is working out a phone ghost. The phone ghost has appeared, so you can tweet me, which is probably the only way to get through to the show, uh, at JT the Brick on Twitter. We'll talk to Schmitty. Uh, coming up here in a bit a bit on this Canelo fight and what boxing means. Oh, and tonight I'll be over at Red Tail inside Resorts World because the Nevada Boxing Hall of Fame is having their announcement about these backed-up classes due to COVID and their new class coming in and there's a really big storyline, and I can't give it up. I know the information, but they want me to hold it till tonight on one of the newest members of the Nevada Boxing Hall of Fame. Big name, big name going into this class. And he will be in attendance tonight at Red Tail over at Resorts World. Right across, I don't know if you've seen the Mike Tyson statue at Mulberry Street Pizza at Resorts World. There's a big, big, big statue of Mike Tyson. You can't miss it. And it's right across from there. So that's where we'll be tonight. And then the rest of the weekend looks pretty good. And then finally, I put it here in my notes. I wanted to mention that a week ago today, you know, we were ready for the draft day two. The draft started on Thursday. We did the party at Dre's, which was amazing. Uh, last Friday night, I was at M Resort, and the Raiders were on the clock and took their first pick in the third round. That was just a week ago. And I've read all the reviews, and I've been looking online and talking to people about everything surrounding Vegas and how great it was. Bravo to Vegas for everything they pulled off. With the Raiders' assistance, with the NFL, what the NFL was able to do, for all the police officers and security that worked, all the volunteers, and get a chance to mention, all the volunteers that volunteered their time to work on the strip and at the fan experience, and all the hotel workers and the valets and everybody who just works in the industry that was down there, the servers at the restaurants, the bartenders, thank you. I mean, you made Vegas shine again. It truly was an epic moment in Las Vegas sports history, and everybody, I think, is still enjoying it, enjoying it here as we head out to the weekend. I don't know about you, but the calendar's starting to fill up, and we got a lot to get to. Two weeks from today, I'll be with Mike Ditka at Gridiron Greats in Chicago as we induct a new class into the Gridiron Greats Hall of Fame. And next week on Monday, Fred Bolitnikoff joins us. Next week is Bolitnikoff week as we tie up everything that's going into the Bolitnikoff Hall of Fame Golf Classic, which I see the celebrity Rolodex coming in for this. It's a really big deal. So, Freddie will join us, and then we're going to have a couple other guests, Phil Villapiano, some of the regulars who come out for this event, Tim Brown, Marcus Allen. will be. It's just going to be a great turnout, and we'll tell you all about that next week. Bobby just said I talked too long. Well, Bobby, if I had six co-hosts like some of these other shows, I could have stopped, but I, 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 I'm on a word count. I guess I hit it. When we come back, we'll see if you can get through. Try it. See if you can get through. I'd like to know. 702-365-9200. And if not, we'll talk to James Smitty Smith, one of the best boxing analysts I know. Canelo in town fighting, which is always big. And we'll get into that. At JT the Brick on Twitter. The monologue brought to you by Remy Martin, Team Up for Excellence. That botanist gin on ice with a twist is fabulous. All part of the Remy team. I'll say downhill fast, power. Uh, yeah, downhill fast, powerful. Um, 
quick, make guys miss um things things I can improve on probably like um um transitioning to like a passer to like a running so yes yeah, so that type of stuff like that. Yeah, I mean, White, the new running back coming in. We got a whole bunch of comments from some of the draft picks, and most of them will be joining us, I believe, in the next two weeks here on my show, other shows. Welcome to Raider Nation Radio. JT with you on a Friday. Uh, We apologize for any phone issues. We'll get that back up as soon as we can. We're waiting on James Smitty Smith to check in here in a little bit. The Canelo fight coming up. Uh, A big part of what Vegas does is Cinco de Mayo fights. Uh, the revenue, the pay-per-views, this is on zone. I don't think Canelo's going to have much of a problem here, but Canelo's arguably the best pound-per-pound boxer in the world. So when he fights, it is a really big deal. Uh, the other news, Dan Ventrelli is no longer with the Raiders. As the president of the Raiders, Mark Davis, put out a brief statement earlier today when he has more to say. I'm sure the Raiders will put something out on that. And all the baseball news, uh, the disaster, which is, the Oakland Athletics in Oakland in the East Bay and the fact that the Las Vegas Aviators are drawing more than them is now becoming a national, total national storyline every day. There's some national outlet picking up a storyline about the attendance that is there, which is incredible to me. Uh, Dave Ziegler replay coming up next hour. Uh, A couple of big comments from Dave here over the draft and after looking back at what they were able to achieve on some of the big-name free agents. Remember, Chandler Jones coming over was huge. The trade for Devontae Adams and how the Raiders got involved in those deals. Yeah, well, it's not something we, I would say, in my training um, in New England, that we that wasn't really um, you know, ever a part of the philosophy there, right? right? Um, and, and so you develop your own philosophy, and, and I think what, what, came, what came to fruition there was um, you know, being able to acquire – um, one of the top players, if not the best player at his position, um, and also having that player wanting to come here too. Sure, you know, and and so that made it a little bit easier too. And then, yeah, I, you know, there's a lot of to your to your question before you make that decision. There's a lot of philosophical things that you have to um, come to understand. Like the roster building is going to be different after you make a decision like that. Right. And how you're going to build the roster and how you're going to be able to spend money um, this year in free agency free agency, and as you go forward, yeah, it changes your perspective on things. And so we had, we had a lot of discussions before we ultimately made that decision like, hey, this is how this is going to impact us going forward. This is how this is going to impact our decision-making process. This is how it's going to impact how we build the team. So there was a lot of discussions before you don't just do that. Sure. Um, you don't just do that trade unless, unless you, you know, maybe if you've um, institutionally been together in one place for 10 years and you understand how everything comes together. But this was a new situation. We had to, we had to come to um, an agreement on a lot of things before we made that trade of like, all right, once we do this, like this is how it's going to be going forward. And, um, you know, the draft's going to be a, an important part of this going forward. We need young players to um, contribute and have roles on this team. Yep, and that's a big part of what he had to say there, what the young players... When you spend money, and you'll hear this as we play the interview next hour, when you spend money on superstar players, mostly quarterbacks and high-profile wide receivers, and the Derek contract, a very interesting contract, the way it was structured, uniquely structured, where obviously the term was flexible. We talked about that. It was a flexible contract for both sides. 
there's really nothing flexible about Devontae Adams' deal. He's paid an enormous amount of money, and the Raiders had to give up draft equity. And everybody seems to be really good with it, including myself, to get a player like that who's available and to have him break away from Green Bay where he had an easier situation. I'm not going to say better, but a situation with Aaron Rodgers. People, you understand everybody that young players or players in their prime of their career usually don't leave a player of Aaron Rodgers' status. You just don't do that. Odell Beckham Jr. couldn't wait to get out of the Giants because they have Daniel Jones. They have nobody. If you're a Jets receiver, if you're in Carolina now, and you're looking at Carolina's quarterback situation, you're like, get me out of here. Everybody would want to play for Aaron Rodgers because Aaron Rodgers won back-to-back MVPs, and the one guy who doesn't want to play with Aaron Rodgers is Devontae Adams, the best wide receiver in all of football. You know, most guys are going to want to play with Dak Prescott, Patrick Mahomes, maybe Lamar Jackson, you know, even though he struggles from time to time, but he's a great quarterback. And that's the whole pitch. I got buddies who work in the media in Denver, and now all of a sudden the Denver wide receivers are saying, oh, my God, we go from Drew Locke and Teddy Bridgewater to Russell Wilson, guy who's going to the Hall of Fame, and then the Chargers. You see Mike Williams come back, Keenan Allen there. Those guys would be nuts to want to leave Herbert, and they don't want to leave him at all. He's one of the best players out there. So when it, when it comes to Rodgers and, and his situation – and what's going on with him? I mean, you don't want to leave great players who are at the peak of their ability, the absolute peak of their ability. And the Raiders were able to make a move to get one and to bring in Devontae as he shuns Aaron Rodgers and everybody's talking about it in Green Bay. I mean, Aaron Rodgers is playing golf and hanging out and waiting for his next fiance. He is chapped by this move. This was a direct a statement by Devontae. I want to play with Derek Carr. I want to play with Derek Carr on all that. So that was a big deal. One more from Dave Ziegler on the anxiety of the draft. Remember, it was a different draft for the Raiders. They didn't have a first and second round pick, and they had to sit back in the home city where the draft was waiting for their first pick on day two. Yeah, that's the anxiety of the yeah. draft. <laughs> right. Yeah. You know, throughout the draft, that's where the um, the stressful moments come, and that's where the you know the anxiety comes as you're waiting to pick. Uh, you know, who's going to be available, you know, you go into, I would say you go into every kind of selection with, you know, more than one player. Um, obviously, sometimes it can get down to one player, but, uh, you know, the best strategy is have, you know, you, you have to be comfortable with a couple guys at a couple different slots. Um, ultimately, you know, we, um, we had a team that wanted to move up, and we felt like the trade was worthwhile for us from a point standpoint. When you look at, um, you know, again, every trade is monitored by points. You're mm-hmm. winning trades, you're losing trades, you're sure. even. We felt like we were getting really good value out of the trade, and we felt like there was going to be a couple guys there. We hoped there would be a couple guys there if we traded back that we were going to be comfortable taking at slot 90. Um, and, and Dylan was was one of those guys, and Dylan ended up being there. And so um, it was a good feeling to have him still there. You're kind of just staring at that screen as those picks come up, you know, um, you know, hoping that that guy doesn't go. So I'm definitely sure. some anxiety. And Parham being available for them at 86 and then they move back to 90, that was interesting to hear because Dave Ziegler had multiple players and Parham was gone. So if someone came in and took their player, you know, in a draft, and everybody knows this, all football fans know this, when you're dealing with the draft, and you don't have the first pick overall or a top pick, you know that any team can trade to get in front of you and get the player you want. That's why you have to have a big board. You have to have a board that's really intense and actually know exactly what's going on at all times because the team could jump in. 
you know, when I, when I look at what's happening now with the philosophy on this team and what they're trying to do is that Dave Ziegler and Josh McDaniels have a cohesive plan. They aren't trying to join their philosophies. They are one philosophy. They have a system as well, but they are married to that philosophy and winning more so than being married to a system, if that makes sense, which is apparent with the desire to have all these versatile players. So the players, when we were watching the Patriots and the success of the Patriots over the decades, you know, they had their starters and the players there, and it seemed like their players always came back. You know, their players were back the next year. They'd win a Super Bowl, they'd come back, and it's the same guys again, or they're bringing in younger talent. It was a system that Bill Belichick has been working with since he came into the league as a member of the Detroit Lions. When I was at the Pro Football Hall of Fame last summer, I went into the archives, and they had all this really unique you know, Johnny Unitas cleats and the goalpost in New York at Yankee Stadium that were ripped down when the Colts won and beat the Giants in the greatest game ever played. And then I noticed there was a letter, and a guy had white gloves on. I'm in the archives of the Hall of Fame, and it was a letter to the Detroit Lions from Bill Belichick. And Bill Belichick writing the Lions for his first job. I don't know if it was an intern or shirt or whatever the role was. The guy was holding it with white gloves. This is Belichick. And Ziegler and McDaniels come from that tree on preparation and philosophy. And Belichick hasn't gotten it right all the time, but he's gotten it right a bunch. And these gentlemen are trying to do the same thing. Uh, one more before we play that interview next hour. Also that I wanted you to hear as we preview this ahead from my conversation with Dave Ziegler on undrafted free agents, as I mentioned them at the start of the show, and how that's a valuable component to a winning championship team. It was really, it was one of the most efficient processes I've been a part of. Outstanding. Um, Champ Kelly, our assistant GM, and and um, some of our other um, area scouts, our national scout, Sean Harak, Andy Dangler, Dewan Daniels, and a plethora of the area scouts. Um, but those guys really took the lead on, I would say, getting it organized, um, getting it set up, tearing out the different guys, you know, the A tier, B tier, C tier players, if you will, uh, having, a lot, having a lot of dialogue, dialogue with the players, um, you know, through the, through the process where, um, and I'm talking about even back in March where you're Zooming guys and being able to kind of um, get to know players, recruit players to a degree during that time. Um, so we were really ready for it. Those guys had done, did a really good job of being prepared. And that's his opinion on that, really being prepared. And that's one thing I would say would be a lock to Dave Ziegler coming in is the preparation that they're going to have with that scouting department. And hopefully they hit it hard. Hopefully they hit it hard and they feel really good about what's happening here. So the NFL news today is pretty quiet. It is pretty quiet today. And, you know, the Chargers went out and got Kyle Van Oy. And there's been a couple of players. There's still a few players left in available free agency here. But the Raiders, I thought the Raiders went shopping for groceries and it worked out okay, considering their first pick was in the third round. My conversation with Dave Ziegler, uh, that'll come up next hour. We'll replay for that. And then we'll, I'm going to dive into the schedule. I want to look at the schedule ahead of the schedule release and what's the best way to jump in. What's the best way to jump in and get a plane ticket and get a hotel room We'll do that deep dive. for, And you got to get tickets to Vegas. Let me, let me make that point clear, too. There's a lot of Raiders season ticket holders who don't live in Vegas. They live in the Bay Area or L.A. They're waiting for those scheduled dates to come out so they can get hotel rooms and plan their trip. That all happens next week. I want to make sure we're in front of that. As we are brought to you by Grimaldi's, best pizza I've ever had. Grimaldi's Pizza Parties 
are the way to do it. You got kids, Little League games, whatever sports they play. Go to Grimaldi's, order in advance, tell them what you want. They'll pick it up. You'll pick it up right there. You'll come home. It's fresh and hot, and you'll love it. That's the way we do it now. Or go to any of the five great locations here in the Valley as we continue on. 702-365-9200. I'm just used to giving out the number. We'll see what happens on the other side, and then we're heading into the weekend, but not before we hear Dave Ziegler again dive into the schedule and talk more about this NBA. Schedule tonight is really good. Baseball. Dodgers, Mookie Betts, and the Mets have their biggest comeback since 1997. JT on the flagship of the Raiders. Swinging a high fly ball, left center field, pretty deep. It's got some legs back near the wall. It's in for a hit. Mets are going to take the lead. Nemo around third, coming home. He scores standing. Double for Marte, 8-7 to seven New York. I was one of, that's Mets radio. That was one of the greatest comebacks in a baseball game that you'll ever see. So the Mets, their biggest comeback since 1997. JT back with you. Shohei Otani whipped 11 Played both. He batted and pitched geniusly at Fenway Park. That was incredible to see. And we'll get more into baseball coming up here over the next couple of weeks. I'm all about the NBA tonight. Raiders coming off the draft. And we'll have more next week is all about schedule release. Canelo's fighting. And the fight's coming up here Saturday night. T-Mobile, the zone pay-per-view, $59.99 or $79.99 for non-subscribers there. It'll be a good fight. Dimitri Bivol, or some, that's how he's called in his home country, Bivol, as some are saying here, 19-0 and with 11 knockouts. And again, Canelo really has no competition. So he's, Canelo's fighting an opponent who's 31 years old, Russian, stoic demeanor, defensive fighter, barely speaks, you know, just the way it should be. Right when the Russian fighters coming in to take on one of the greats of all time, Canelo would be undefeated, but he fought Floyd Mayweather early in his career. Early in his career, we wasn't ready for that fight. Uh, Floyd was just too masterful and too good with the jab. And I think Canelo versus Floyd in both their primes, which never would have happened, would have been a big deal because I think Canelo's tough enough to knock out Floyd. But we'll never know. And we also have the Kentucky Derby coming up here. Uh, I'll be out at one of these. There's a couple of great ways to watch the Kentucky Derby here in town. If you're new to town, if you get to a sports book, I always say get to the Westgate. One of the casinos that we recommend get there. But now we have PTs because they have a great opportunity at all their locations. They'll be streaming that. But if you're going to go to a sports book for these two plus minutes, it really delivers. And it's usually the day of a fight night, which it is here again. So we've had the opportunity to watch the Derby and go to a fight. And you just want to stand up. You don't have to have a seat. If you're going to be at a party, I usually go over to Red Rock by my house, and I go in there about a half hour before the race. I'm not betting the race, but I have friends who do. And you stand up in a big crowd for two minutes, and you feel, you feel the adrenaline of an entire sports book in a casino. And a lot of the people in the casino walking into the sports book who want to feel that type of adrenaline, which you only get at the Kentucky Derby. With all due respect to the Belmont and the Preakness, this is the Kentucky Derby, and that will get everybody going. So wherever you decide to go, make sure you do a nice job there. And a great cover story today 
on the Aces. Mark Davis owns the Raiders and the Aces, and it's all about Becky Hammond. And I got a chance to meet Becky when she was in San Antonio as a coach. I met her through one of the owners of the team, and I want to wish her well. As the story I read today was fantastic on Becky Hammond. If you're a fan of the Aces, if you're getting ready for the start of the season. Also, too, McCrimmon gets a vote of confidence from the owner. The general manager will be back with the Golden Knights. Kelly McCrimmon will return in the role next season despite the team failing to miss the playoffs. And he's had a nice run here for the last couple of years as you get ready for this team and how they've been able to compete and get into the postseason and go deep into the postseason. So uh, that's the decision that's being made there. All right, coming up next hour, we're going to play the Dave Ziegler interview in its entirety. So if you missed that, I think you'll really enjoy it. It is a really unique deep dive that I, uh, that I appreciated. So can't wait to hear that too. Also, I'm going to go over the schedule. We'll go through every individual game and the concerns I have with that schedule, home and on the road. I like when there's a couple of gimmies. There's not many gimmies there. And how to travel and what to do there. And we'll paint a picture heading into this weekend and thank all of our partners. Bobby is doing one hell of a job today. Thank you, Bobby. <laughs> 